0: Somebody call
1: 911, the fire on floor. What's up, Hey guys, it's Abby B here today. And Rebecca Aratino. And we are here to talk to you about the novel Fahrenheit 451. So, in Fahrenheit 451, a firefighter named Guy Montag lives in a futuristic society where the law requires firefighters to burn books so people won't be able to read them. The government and most society believes that books give people too much knowledge and power.
0: When people become educated about things, they begin asking questions, and people start having opposing opinions, ultimately leading to conflict. Montag then realizes the importance of books and decides to disregard the government's legislation and he uses the books to reconnect and change his perspective on the way he sees society and how he lives his life.
1: So you're probably thinking to yourself, what does Fahrenheit 451 mean and why is it the title? But it does have some, some significance. Fahrenheit 451 is a temperature that paper burns at. The firefighters must reach this temperature in order to complete their duty of burning any sort of literature.
0: This number is also labeled on each of the firefighters' helmets. So Rebecca, did you actually like the book? Well, I thought there were some really important themes and messages throughout the novel, some which include reflection on society, conformity, and happiness versus distraction.
1: Was there one that was
0: more prominent? I thought Bradbury's work opened your eyes up to to the connection between his dystopian world and the modern society today, almost as if his book became a prediction of what the world would turn into if we continue living as we do. With the advancement of technology comes the loss of human connection, and people become more enthralled with the new devices and electronics rather than people in the natural world. Technology has also forced people into a fast-paced life, not giving much opportunity or time for curiosity. From the book, Bradbury describes his issue, this issue by demonstrating the lack of deep connection between Montag and his wife Mildred. They have been together for 10 years, and neither of them can recall how they met. Montag asked her, the first time we met, where and when was it? She then replied, I don't know. Montag was so frustrated that neither one of them could remember a moment that was supposed to be so special and life-changing. When you marry someone, they're supposed to be the love of your life and hold importance. It's honestly sad and kind of disappointing that they can't even remember how they met. When they both are home, they don't even interact. Mildred instead, essentially, plays pretend with fake characters on her three TV walls, and they have fallen into this bland routine. This issue now obviously isn't as severe, but it's clearly evident technology has taken a large portion of our attention. There are elementary schoolers with the newest and latest phones, whereas I had to use my curiosity and imagination to interact with others for my entertainment. There is also the stereotype of average teens who come home from school, then lock themselves up in their room and on their phone or laptop. Sadly I can partially attest to this and I'd have to say it's somewhat accurate. Do you notice a difference between you and your childhood compared to your siblings, Abby?
1: I think there's definitely a difference. If you didn't know, I have four younger siblings and I feel like when I was younger I have neighbors and we like played outside a lot and we played like these like really weird like games. I feel like, and then, but now, like, when my brother comes home from school, he's, like, really wants to, like, go, like, and play on the iPad or, like, go do, like, something on the computer rather than, like, go play with his sisters or something, and, like, I understand because, like, technology is really popular now, but I just kind of wish it was more, like, when I was a kid. I don't know. if does that Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Um, another, like, issue, like, along with the technology that came up in the novel is also conformity. Throughout the novel, society has conformed to the government standards. When the firefighters, who in reality are causing destruction rather than fighting fighters, decide to burn books, almost no one questions it. No one has a desire to go against the government and simply complies to the laws and legislations in regards to books. When Montag, the firefighter, starts to read the books he has gathered from the past and shows his wife and her friends the books, the women immediately are in disbelief that Montag is a book and don't even want to look at it. At a dinner party, Montag suggests reading a poem, but the women are completely against it. One of the women, Mrs. Bowles, claims that she despises poetry. However, she has never even considered reading it. And when given the opportunity, all the women reject it because the rest of society has. Mrs. Bowles wailed, no, that's not right. We can't do that. People are rejecting the idea of reading and are scared to go against society's standards. With this attitude, no one is able to make a change to the corrupt government. Rebecca, do you think people conform in our society today?
0: Yeah, I think there's a huge issue of conformity nowadays. Like for example, a few months ago, the Apple product AirPods, or glorified <laughs> headphones, that in a way emulated social status. If you were rich, you had AirPods. If you didn't have AirPods, you were broke. So obviously people are kind of materialistic and they don't want to seem quoted like poor. I, I feel that.
1: And I get that. <laughs> And then, also in the novel, and the future of society where the book has taken place, the people who refuse to accept society standards are killed. Obviously, that doesn't happen now, thank God. I know. <laughs> Imagine, ooh. Um, so Guy Montag's new neighbor. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, PSA, there's a little construction going on in my house right now. Don't mind that. It's, it's just fine. a saw. <laughs> 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 so... Anyway, so Guy Montag's new neighbor is a young girl named Clarisse, whose ideas are considered radical because they're against society's standards. She believed that everyone should take a step back from the high speed pace of life. Clarice believed that people should stop and admire little things in life that are fascinating such as rainstorms, the greenness of the grass, and other elements of nature. Montag was confused by her point of view at first and did re- refuse to accept her ideas, but eventually came to realize that the simple things in life shouldn't be ignored. He came to admire philosophical ideas and impacted his actions. One afternoon Clarice and Montag were found together admiring the rain. And then, very slowly, as he walked, he tilted his head back in the rain. And just for a few minutes, he opened his mouth. So, as the audience, we can see how Clarice is instilling new ideas into Montag and making him change his way of life. <laughs> way of life? They do not feel the pressure from society to belong and don't mind being different from everyone else. Sadly, only after a few weeks of Montag and Clarice meet, Clarice and her family are killed by the government. Clarice was found to be not succeeding in her classes regarding TV and not fitting in with the other kids because she wanted to know why things were happening, not how. This demonstrates how society deals with the outcasts and people who don't fit in. They just try to like get rid of them.
0: Another issue in the book was how people often use distractions to like take attention away from the fact that they're unhappy. The solution is only temporary and superficial. People don't even realize that they're doing this. Clarice reveals to Montag that he and Marlotti was very unhappy. The final question she asked him during their first encounter, are you happy, sent Montag into a spiral that starts making him question everything he's ever known. Bradbury describes Montag processing his epiphany by stating, of course I'm happy. What does she think I'm not? He felt his smile slide away, melt, fold over and down on itself, like a tallow skin, like the stuff of a fantastic candle burning too long and now collapsing, and now blown out. Darkness. He was not happy. He was not happy. He said the words to himself. He recognized this as his true state of affairs. Up until meeting Clarice, no one has ever really engaged in a conversation of that nature with him. He began using his work to distract himself from the fact that he's lonely due to his wife's neglect, his guilt towards burning books and people's homes, and his unsatisfied curiosity of the world. His wife, Mildred, is even unhappy. She almost kills herself by overdosing on sleeping pills. She uses the televisions as a distraction every single day, but when it came down to it, she was still unhappy. Bradbury also implied that Captain Beatty was not happy anymore, either. He basically dared Montag to kill him. Maybe he grew tired of the way of life as well. What are some other monumental moments in the book, Abby?
1: Well, I thought one major turning point in the novel that we should address is when Montag and other firefighters try to take books from an older woman. After getting a call that a woman is suspected to have books hidden at her house, Montag and his crew of firefighters go and investigate. Once they find that the woman has possession of books, which is against the law, they try forcing her out of her house so they can burn the building, however the woman refuses to leave. Montag attempts to bring her out of her house before it gets burned, but instead the woman lights a match of her own, killing herself and the books. Montag is deeply affected by this woman's powerful action, as he is bewildered that he just let someone die and took away an innocent life. As a result of this woman's death, he comes to a realization that books must be very dangerous and important. which initi- which initiate his action to start reading all the books he has saved and show his wife. So, Rebecca, so, like, that was um, Fahrenheit 451, a lot of the major stuff. Um, do you have any final thoughts?
0: Yeah, overall, I thought the book was... It was... It's not on the top of my reading list, but I think it had really good messages, and I think... That it's important for everybody to read. That's why it's a classic. Yeah. Um, personally, I'm not a big fan of the genre and the way Bradbury writes, but I think it was a good read. Yeah. Um, no. Abby, do you have any like last minute thoughts? Yeah. Um, well, I really. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> Abby, do you have any. <laughs> one more time <laughs> how about you do you have any final thoughts um
1: well overall I really enjoyed the book I thought it was cool how it was a futurist how it was so futuristic and how that like this could be a possibility of what our future could be like like with all the with the increase of technology and everything I thought it was like a different perspective of how our life could turn out and how like we sh- this shouldn't be happening um, I also enjoyed how, like, it tied in with, like, kind of, like, the Holocaust and how they burned books, um, in order to, like, stop the spread of Jewish ideas and to promote the Nazi ideas. I thought that was, like, a cool connection mm-hmm. in history, so I I overall enjoyed it. Like, I would recommend this book if you, like, it's a quick read, too, kind of.
0: Yeah, it's really short. Um,
1: so, like, you know it's raining out, you're bored. You're, Just like whip it open. Yeah, you don't you don't wanna watch Netflix, you wanna grab Fahrenheit four fifty one. That's what I'd have to say. So I hope you guys enjoyed our podcast. Thank you for listening. Make sure to comment, like and subscribe. <laughs> Catch you next time. <laughs> so thank you guys. Bye.